I have a good message for you this morning. How many are excited for a good message? Amen. Uh, for baby dedication, Mel, it's right after this, this uh, slide. There you go. We're in the book of 1 John. We're continuing in 1 John. Uh, we are jumping into chapter 3. And it starts with an encouragement for us. It starts with an answer to the question, who are we? It's a big question, right? Who are we? Before we get started, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for the message this morning. I thank you that we have had time for families to come together and engage in baby dedication and dedicate children to the Lord and families to your service. And so, Lord, we thank you that you have called us as believers. We thank you that we get to be a part of this church family. We thank you that, we, that you have called us to this church for this time, for this purpose. Some people may feel, well, I'm just here for the baby dedication. God bless you. We're glad you're here. I believe God has you here for a reason and a purpose beyond baby dedication. I believe God has you here to hear a message this morning. So, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move through this message, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what it is you want to say to us, that it would stay with us, that it would uh, be used to witness to those around us of your love and your grace. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're starting with 1 John 3 and verse 1. It says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. Say we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. I like what the Amplified Version says, Gary. It says, what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us. And that we would be, I like this, that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted as the children of God. We are permitted through Christ to be named and called and counted as the children of God. Amen? If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ this morning, listen, you should know you're a child of God. Amen? In case you weren't aware, you should have a clear understanding of that. And it's only because of the love of God that it's possible. Say, it's only because of his love. Right, Hope? Amen. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass anybody today. I might embarrass a few people. It'll be all right. John starts this chapter in the very best of ways. It's in one of the best of ways. He says, you are God's child and he is your father. Isn't that good news? You are God's child, and he is your father. And knowing that he is your father and you are his child, John reminds us of this truth. Because the world does not know him, it will not know you. Because the world does not know him, it will not know us. I'm going to share a hard truth with you this morning. Somebody before the service I was talking to said, Thank you for preaching the word, even sometimes though it steps on toes. Because sometimes the word steps on toes, right? I want to share a hard truth. It's this. If you have truly accepted or received Christ, there should be a separation between you and those who haven't. There should be a separation. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. What relationship does light have with darkness? 
Right? You say, but Pastor David, wait, we're called to love everyone. We're, we're, we're called to go along to get along. We're called to be the peacemakers and the unifiers, and we're called to do it in Jesus' name, right? Pastor David, that's what we're called to do. Yes, we are called to love those around us and hopefully and prayerfully lead and guide them towards faith in Christ, right? That's what we're called to do, but we should never do it at the expense of the gospel. We should never do it at the expense of truth. When we lead people to Christ, listen, if we lead them towards a watered-down, diluted gospel, we aren't leading them towards truth. We're leading them towards lies and ultimately towards a false sense of salvation. We're leading them towards a false sense of salvation. No, it's fine. I know the Bible says you shouldn't do that, but you go ahead. You're, you're okay. We love you. No, it's fine. I know the Bible says this is wrong and this is sinful, but you go ahead. We love you. That's leading people towards false comfort and false peace and false love. Listen, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All right, the truth is, the truth of the gospel is that all, of those, all the other ways are false. The truth of the gospel is that if you haven't called Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and are living as Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a state of loss. We're going to get into some hard truths this morning. John uses some hard language language this morning. But I believe ultimately it's all done in love to say, listen, your house is on fire. I'm letting you know. Listen, you're in trouble. I'm letting you know so that you can make it right, so that you can make a choice for Christ. Verse 2 says this. Beloved, I like how John says that. He says, beloved. He says, dear Christians, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. And what we will be has not yet appeared. Keep that in mind. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Say, we shall be like him. Right? Because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. He reiterates, he says, we are God's children. It's all right. We are God's children. And now we pick up on not just who we are in faith, we pick up on who we're going to be in faith in the future. This is so cool. John says this, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. What we will be has not yet appeared. It hasn't happened yet. But we know that when he appears, when he returns, we will be like him because we shall see him as he is. I like what John Stott said. He said this, that we, what we are does not now appear to the world, and what we shall be does not yet appear to us. What we are doesn't appear to the world, and what we shall be doesn't appear to us. I want you to say this with me. Say, I am his child. I will be like him. I am his child. I will be like him. This does not mean that you will be a mirror image of Christ, right? This doesn't mean that you don't have any individual thoughts or feelings. And it doesn't mean, listen, there are some teachings out there that say that you will become a God. That's not what's being said here. Amen? Come on, we're not talking about little gods. We're not talking about any of that kind of false stuff. That's not, that's not, biblically accurate. It says this. I like what this commentary says. We will still be ourselves, but our character and nature 
will be perfected into the image of Jesus' perfection. Our character and our nature. We are not saying that you will be God. What John is saying is that as we grow closer to God, we become more like him in our character and our nature. Amen? As we get closer to God, we become more like him. I like that. Today's the, that, that is, I like this. I am his child. But one day, say one day, I will be like him. Because now is changing my character and my nature. Uh, let me say this. I'm not there yet. Amen? Dale, you there yet? No. Matt, you there yet? Doug? Doug said yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone can hear him say no. I can't listen. I can't. You know what? I can't stand it when pastors uh, or preachers ask you to, like, say something to your neighbor. I really can't stand it. But I'm going to do it this one time. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm not there yet. I noticed a lot of people didn't do it. Let's do it one more time. Look to your other neighbor and say, I'm not there yet. Right? Hey, listen, we are not perfect people. We're not perfect people. I'm not a perfect person. Right? I am his child. He is my father. But I have a long way to go in character and nature. My wife knows she's looking at me with knowing eyes right now. My wife looks at me and says, yup. Because the, here's the thing. Listen, can, can, I, can I be transparent with you this morning? People say, well, what's the difference? You do this way every week. Uh, listen, I'm not always the nicest person in the nicest mood. Right, honey? I'll get confirmation right here. It's okay. I'm not always the nicest person. I'm not always in the nicest mood. Sometimes I can be short with my wife and kids. Short. Sometimes I can be mean and nasty in my thoughts. I know there's people here who never think that way. Right? Sometimes we can be mean and nasty. Sometimes we can have bad thoughts. We can be short with people. We can be angry towards people. We respond with anger towards people. We gossip about people. We, right? Come on. Y'all are church people. I know you gossip. I'm just going to preach to the perfect people this morning. Y'all know what I'm saying? We're not there yet. Right? We got a long ways to go. You know what I'm saying? Louise, you know what I'm saying? Just because I call your name doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Come on. Joseph, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you haven't done anything wrong. But we have a long way to go. Listen, I don't always speak the right way or think the right way because I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Remember what I said about talking to your neighbor? Look at him and say, I'm not there yet. But one day I will be. But one day I will be. My wife said, I'm waiting for that day. Kay Dahl said, I'm waiting for that day. Listen, I'm not there yet. The key to our Christian walk and, our, and, and in practice is not in perfection. The key to our Christian walk is not in perfection, but in moving forward. Amen? The key to our Christian walk is in walking forward in our imperfection. 
You see, there's a key to realizing there's a difference between a Christian who messes up or trips up and moves forward. There's a difference between that person and a person who just gives themselves over to sin. They give themselves over to sin. 1 John 3, 4 through 7 says this. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sinning is lawlessness, is what John tells us. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him, that is Jesus, there is no sin. No one who abides in him, no one who abides in Jesus, keeps on sinning. Are you listening carefully? No one who abides in Jesus keeps on sinning. It's interesting. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Now, there could be some confusion about this. Because as I'm saying it, there's probably people going, I've sinned. I've messed up. I, I love the Lord. I've committed my life to Christ. I, 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 I am a Christian. I, I love him. But I've messed up. I've tripped up. I've sinned. So what does that mean if the Bible says no one who abides in him keeps on sinning? We want to make this very, very clear. I want you to keep in mind the context of what John is saying. I don't want there to be any confusion. I, I want this to, to be clear and concise. He's referring to repeated habitual sin that we have become callous to or choose to remain ignorant of. He's, he's referring to cold, calculated, calloused sin. The Bible makes it clear as long as we live in this world, we're going to struggle with sin, right? The Bible makes it clear. In this world, you will have trouble. But have no, hey, he, has come, he has overcome the world, amen? He has overcome the world. The Bible's very clear. We will struggle with sin in our life. It's, it, it is also clear, listen to this. This is important. If you hear anything this morning, is this. The Bible is very clear that when we accept Christ, we are no longer referred to as sinners. We are referred to as righteous. There is an old gospel band named the Gaithers. How many know the Gaithers, right? Most everyone knows the Gaithers, right? They had a song. And in the song, it said this, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. As much as I like some of the Gaither's music, that is a lie. Can I be honest with you morning, this morning? That is a lie. The Bible doesn't say that you're a sinner saved by grace. It is a lie. There's absolutely nothing biblical about that. The truth is that I was a sinner saved by grace. Now that I have been saved, the Bible says that you are the righteousness of God. A lot of us walk down, walk around with our heads down, and, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just going along to get along, and boy, I hope I don't trip up in the next 10 minutes. Right? No, no. You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God. Right? I was a sinner. I was saved by grace, and now I am a child of God. Some of you haven't got it yet, but you will. 
The truth is that while I still struggle with sin from time to time, which is true, we, we all do, the Bible calls us his righteousness. John isn't talking, you say, Pastor David, I struggle. John isn't talking about you in verses 4 through 7. He isn't talking about you in verses 4 through 7. He is talking, he isn't talking about, listen, he isn't talking about Christians who, who mess up, they feel guilty, they repent before God, they, they get things right. John isn't talking about those people. He's referring to the people who openly reject the commandments and the direction of God. He's talking about people who, who continually practice sin in their lives with no thought of repentance. There's no thought of repentance or reconciliation with God. John tells us that no one who keeps sinning has either seen Jesus or knows Jesus. And that's a hard truth this morning. That no one who keeps on continually sinning, not, man, I messed up, I feel guilty, I need to repent, I need to get right. No, no, that's not who John's talking about. John's talking about those blatant sinners. People who just do whatever they want, whenever they want, with no regard for what God says. Those who continually practice sinning. The Bible says it's time to get right with Jesus. There are those who claim Christ but consistently live in open rebellion against him. The truth is there are those who claim Christ. Well, I grew up Lutheran, so I'm Lutheran. I grew up Catholic, so I'm Catholic. I grew up Christian, so I'm Christian. I grew up Pentecostal, so I'm Pentecostal. I grew up Christian, so that's what I am because that's what my parents were and my grandparents before them. Until you make a, a, until you make a decision for Christ for yourself, until you make a decision that I'm going to live for Christ, I'm going to live by his commandments, I'm going to live by his directives for my life. John says that no one who keeps on sinning has either seen or knows Jesus. Let us not be deceived. This morning, let us not be deceived. John is telling us the difference between the Christian and the world. Because there is a difference between the Christian and the world. The Bible says it's why the world doesn't know him. It's why the world doesn't know us. Because they live in open rebellion to God. You say, Pastor David, I thought this was going to be a super loving message this morning. I thought this was going to be a loving message, Pastor David. Can I tell you something? This is a message of love. This is a message of love. This is a message saying it's not too late. This is a message that says, your house is on fire. Please get out before it's too late. Please get out before it's too late. That's what this message is. The hard truth is that there are those who call themselves a part of the church, but in reality, they're in opposition to the church. In reality, they're in opposition to God. The truth is that there is and should be a difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. John tells us this in very strong terms. It's interesting here. He doesn't call the non-Christian someone who's neutral or someone who's just searching. Well, they're just searching. They're just searching. He doesn't say, well, they're just in the process of making a decision. He doesn't say that they're just searching for a belief system that suits them. No, no, John says this about the non-Christian, verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Oof. 
Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared, the reason Jesus came, was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason Jesus came was to destroy the works of the enemy. John tells us that those who continually reject God and his commandments, those who give themselves over to sinfulness, the Bible says that they are of the devil. Now you say, Pastor David, that's, that's harsh. Actually, John goes a little bit further than that. Yes, yeah, that's harsh. Uh, it, gets, it, it gets better, sort of, depending on what side you're on. Go to verse 9. It says this. Oh. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. That means as a Christian, we don't continually give ourselves over to sin, right? How many, how many have ever been, uh, man, how many have ever been caught? You know you've been doing something wrong. You know you've been in sin. You know, you know that you've been, and you just get, you're caught. Not by somebody else, not by a person pointed out, just by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You just go, man, God, I am, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. Lord, I gave my life to you when I was young, I, I, but, but I've just been doing my own thing for so long. I need to repent. I need to get right with Jesus, right? That's awesome. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. That's, that's, that's what it is to be a Christian, that we live in a messed up world, and we have to come to God, and we're thankful, so thankful for his sacrifice on the cross, and cross, and that he paid the price for our sins. The person that is not of God is one who continually engages in sinful behavior with no understanding, with no understanding that it's wrong, with no understanding of repentance. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. If you are truly saved, if you love the Lord, if you are moving forward in faith, then, and you are messed up in your life, if you're sinning in your life, at some point the Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction upon you. Right? The Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction upon you. The enemy brings condemnation. The enemy says, you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you're not a child of God, you've got to be kidding me. Look what you've done. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit is different. It says this. The Lord loves you. Jesus died for you. It's time to get right. It's time, it's time to be back in right relationship with Jesus. It's time to be the righteousness of God. That's what righteousness means, right? It means to be in right standing before God. And so where the, uh, the condemning power of the enemy says you're not worthy enough, you're not good enough, you will never be a child of God. Think about what you've done in your life. You're not worthy. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit says, no, no, I'm reaching out because you are worthy. I'm reaching out because I do love you. I'm reaching out because I want you to know the truth. And I want you to know the truth in power and love because I want you to abide in him. That's the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. If you have been born of God, you are called his child. Amen? He is your father, and though I may trip up, you may trip up. You experience shame and, and repentance and you, all of those things. You repent and you move forward. 
right? But John is clear. Those who will continuously and callously engage in sin, they are not called the children of God. In fact, the, the term he has for them is something entirely different. It says this in verse 10. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whew. It's, it's sure quiet this morning. There are those that God calls the children of God and those who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Remember, uh, we've talked about this the last few weeks. We're not talking about doing things out of religion, but out of relationship. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about relationship. Say relationship. Uh, she's not here today, and, and she has a good reason for not being here. But I called Bobby Hansen, and I said, hey, uh, if you were here when you heard this, uh, you would say, woof, because that's what she does. She goes, woof, or woof, right? Gary, how does that go? You're not going to do it? Come on, Gary, how does it go? Woof, right? She goes, woof. John just called a bunch of people children of the devil. Woof. Right? It's not a light declaration. This is a heavy one. We, listen, I, this is it. We're not talking about Old Testament hellfire and brimstone stuff. We're talking about New Testament reality. You're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. And that's New Testament reality. There's no sitting on the fence and there's no neutral. You're one or the other. My prayer. My prayer is that as children of God, we would be testimonies and a light to those who are, who are ensnared by the enemy. And that they would be children of God. Amen? We want to make them children of God. Uh, John tells us, don't be deceived. Why does John tell us this? Why, why is he telling this to the early church? He tells it to the early church because it was relevant to them and he tells it to us today because it's relevant for us today. How many know it's relevant today? I was talking with someone just before service. There is so much confusion in the world. There's so much confusion in the world, Peg. People have a hard time deciding what gender they are. Just imagine how much confusion there is between whether or not you're a Christian or an unbeliever. There's confusion in the world today because pastors of churches won't preach truth. Pastors of churches will not preach the truth of the Bible. And so parents go home and don't teach their children the truth of the Bible. And so we have generations that are raised with comfortable, go along to get along, unity for the sake of unity at the expense of the gospel. God has called us to preach the truth this morning. Amen? God has called parents to teach their children the truth this morning. My prayer is that when you interact with those outside of God, that you would be able to teach them the truth of the Word of God. Amen? Can I get an amen? We want to teach people the truth of the Word of God. This morning, we have about 15 minutes.
If you'll stand with me, and if I can have the worship team come forward. This morning, we're going to take communion together. Uh, you say, Pastor David, that was a hard message. That was a, that was a rough word. <sighs> yeah, it was. It's okay. It's the truth of the gospel. Hey, listen. I'd rather give you a hard word full of truth than a light word full of junk. Amen? You can go to a lot of, a lot of different places and get a light word full of junk. I'm going to give you a hard word full of truth. But I give it to you in love. I give it to you in love. I give it to you saying the Lord wants us to be in right relationship with him. The Lord wants us to abide in him. The Lord wants us to remember what it is Christ did on the cross for us. Amen? If you're here this morning and you call yourself a Christian, if you say, I'm a true believer, Pastor David, I, I truly believe in him. I, I love him. That's awesome. I'm so glad you're here. But you might be here and say, Pastor David, I don't know him. If we would just bow our heads and close our eyes for a minute. You say, Pastor David, I... It's not, just a message. it's not just about tripping up. I have continually engaged in sin. I have continually practiced sin. I'm not talking about just tripping up and moving forward. That, that's, that's good. That's what we should be doing in, in, our, in our walk. We should be moving forward. I'm talking about, you say, Pastor David, I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. I've never truly accepted Jesus as my Savior. If that's you this morning, I'm, I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I would just ask you to simply do this. If, if you would, could you just raise your hand? There might be nobody here this morning. That's okay. Maybe you say, I'm trying to make a decision internally. That's okay. But if that's you this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Would you raise your hand right now? Say, Pastor David, I need to get right with Jesus. Maybe there's some other people here this morning that say, Pastor David, I, I have a relationship with Christ, but man, I mess up all the time. I mess up all the time. It feels as if I'm not in right relationship with him. It feels as if I don't have, as if I'm always messing up. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? Pastor David, I need to, I, I'm just always messing up. Hey, listen, you can open your eyes. I'm always messing up. I'm not perfect. I get angry with my kids. I get angry with my wife. I get angry at myself. I let fear and worry take over my mind at times. I, I have to calm myself down and and focus on God. I have to calm myself down and focus on the goodness and the grace that he's shown me already and walk in that, continue to walk in that. You say, Pastor David, I've messed up. I haven't been the Christian that God's called me to be. Today's the day to make it right. Today's the day to make it right and move forward in Jesus' name. Amen?